Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. I want to thank you guys for joining me once again here at the end of 2020. Uh, we can see the light at the end of this tunnel. Hopefully, 2021 doesn't uh, tell us to hold its beer and, and show us what it's made of. But uh, we are rounding the corner here. So I want to thank you guys for jumping in and listening uh, again. Uh, once again, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Fuel Your Fandom. Or you can find us on our new uh, page, which is fuelyourfandom.buzzsprout.com. There will take you to all the different places that we are found and we can be located and so on and so on. But you're in the usual suspects, uh, Spotify and Apple and Google and Breaker. And uh, hopefully by the time this airs, iHeartRadio and Pandora, which is fantastic. So uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me again. Uh, I hope you guys are all taking care of yourselves and being as safe and as, and as uh, uh, careful as possible. Uh, once again today, I would like to uh, introduce uh, someone who, again, has had a very formative impact in my life. He's one of my longtime friends and also one of the smartest dudes that I know. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, uh, Dr. Robert Moorhead. Hey, I think, I think here I'm just wearing my nerd hat today. Yep. No, you don't have to be a doctor today. Today is just all about uh, uh, feeling a fandom, basically, so... Uh, I want to talk today about Transformers. Now, Transformers has been really big in uh, cultural mainstream for a very long time, since at least 1983 or 4, I think, is when the original uh, Transformers aired. Um, and it's been in the background uh, in various iterations, Beast Moors, Beast Machines, Armada, and of course, the Michael Bay movies and, and beyond, uh. which we've gone beyond now. So, uh, but in specific today, I want to talk about uh, Generation One Transformers, which was the first animated series uh, from, I wasn't it Hasbro? I want to say it was Hasbro and Sunbow. Well, was, uh, Hasbro owned, had the American rights to the toys and stuff and were doing, producing the toys. Right. Uh, so it was like, yeah, Sunbow, and it was like Marvel not Marvel Studios, what Marvel Studios became, but it was it was like when Stan Lee was out in the West Coast developing properties and stuff. So I think Marvel definitely had something to do with it. I don't remember the details. Yeah. Which is why Marvel had the rights to all the comics and everything back in the day right. as well. So, uh, But Transformers uh, comes from... I mean, when I was a kid, there was very, very few things that would hold my interest, uh, like the big three for me. And of course, for me, the big three was uh, Transformers, Masters of the Universe, and uh, uh, to a lesser extent, G.I. Joe. And then you've got your fringe, you get like your uh, Thundercats and, and things like that. And um, But really the big three for me, the holy trinity there would have been Transformers, He-Man, and, and G.I. Joe. What about you? So uh, definitely Transformers and G.I. Joe and Star Wars, because Star Wars was still big back then, too. Oh, I'm um, just talking animated at this point. Yeah. Oh, anime. So the thing was, is I wasn't allowed to watch He-Man because the devil. <laughs> right? So, yeah, well. so the Transformers were okay, but there was Skeletor and Swords and Magic, and that was going to turn you into a Satan worshiper. <laughs> So this is, you know, remember the 80s was also the satanic panicky. And yeah, that was not, uh, I, I snuck episodes here and there, but I never actually, other than random vehicles and playset pieces that I found at garage sales, like I never owned an actual like Masters of the Universe, like action figure. So oh, really? I was aware. Yeah, no, I was not allowed to have them. That was like, a, that was just a no-go. That was a no-no. Yeah, so, so I, actually, I guess I forgot that you had such a, a strict religious upbringing too. Oh, but um, <laughs> you, yeah. you branched uh, off and you deviated so hardcore in your teenage and late early twenty years. So. Yeah, that that, that, that this, that's, I mean that's that's one of two possible outcomes, right? Either you just kind of stay <laughs> religious, you know, and you you, you kind of, you know just kind of keep that mindset, or you go one eighty. Then uh, that's 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 what church school will do to you. Y'all need Jesus. And I think that's when I met you was when you're in your early 20s, when you were just kind of just yeah. wildly diverging, which is, I think, what endeared you to that's, me that's, impossible. That's, so, I mean, 
that's what it did. But anyway, we're not here to talk about like you know, <laughs> I mean, overcoming your religious upbringing, uh, but we're more more talking about transfer. So actually, let me ask you a question. I, I know this is your show, but yeah, uh, no, did you did you did you have a transformer toy before you saw the show, or did you get in the toys after you saw the show? Because for me, I got the toy first because I had shitty TV, and so I didn't have the channel that Transformers was on. We only had like six channels back in the day. Yeah, and they were all blurry because it was all, you know, it was no cable. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I have to say I don't really remember. Uh, my earliest recollection, yeah, both for uh, uh, Transformers and for He-Man, right around the same area for me, um, He-Man, of course, we're using the parlance to describe Masters of the Universe. People just call it He-Man, whatever. But uh, uh, my parents, uh, when I would have to go on, like, long trips and such like an airplane or a long car ride i distinctly remember them taking me to buy like a toy to kind mm -hmm. of uh keep me calm keep me occupied right it can't be an old toy because you need the, the novelty you need the new yeah so i don't really know which came first the the chicken or the egg in this particular case uh i know they were really closely tied to each other uh, and I know that uh, I, I don't even remember what my first Transformers toy would have been, honestly. See, I, I know exactly my first Transformer. Oh, yeah. Who was he? It was Braun. So ah. the little, because the the, remember they had like the little ones? Yeah. The and little I, I, I remember exactly when we got it because it was the day of uh, my sixth birthday, but I had to go to school that day. It was, a, it was a regular school day. And I think it was on the way home from school. We stopped by like the drugstore. And there were these transformers. And I heard about the transformers, and I think I'd seen a go by. Maybe I had a go by by that point. And to yeah, I think me, I had as a go kid, too, yeah. as a kid, I thought the the the, thing, the first thing that attracted me to it was it was two toys in one, right? Mm. It was you got a robot and a car, right? So it was like getting a Hot Wheels car, but it was like also that it turned into a robot. So you have robot adventures, you can have car adventures. And and it was only in later when I saw the show that like I, there was like the storylines and mythology would start to build up. Right, and and I, I'm I'm like right there with you. I'm pretty sure one of my first ones was probably uh, uh, the little bumblebee figure uh, mm -hmm. turns into the little Volkswagen and everything, and uh, and it's like four simple steps to transform. And oh yeah, they were super and, easy. Yeah, they were. They're not anymore. Um. <laughs> It depends on which ones you buy. They have, ones, <laughs> they, they, have, they, they have such a wide range and wide, uh, uh, and it's it's yeah. very clear. You go you go to you go go to the toy store or go to the toy aisle, right? And there is there is the there is the transformer that's clearly for the kids. It has like three steps to it. it. Looks like the cartoon, and then right next to it, you know, you have like some sort of like Uber masterpiece over, and masterpiece over detailed Optimus Prime next to it or something, or or the one I have that one in the cabinet back there. Or like when they did just the reissue of like the original like and it was like I went into like the Walmart and I saw it and I'm like oh shit there's options right it's just a track you don't even get the trailer and I I went and I and and you know here I am like you know in my early forties and the thing is like fifty bucks and it's like yeah I'm not walking out the store out with this 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 guy's coming with me yeah I I mean I remember uh, I I want to say it was really really close. As to if I got the toy first or the cartoon first. Now, that being said, I was really, really enamored with the cartoon because it was very easy to get into. It was very under, easy to understand the plot. The plot was you've got the good robots and you got the good bad robots. robots. Yep. Bad robots. Good, good robots protect the earth. Mm -hmm. Bad robots exploit the earth. It's like, right. yeah. So, I mean, it's very, very white hat. Black Democrats hat. and Republicans. Well... <laughs> I mean, hey, I didn't say which was which, so that's I'll leave that up to the leave that up to the listener. But so I mean, for me, uh, these these old storylines with Transformers and with with Masters of the Universe and with, I mean, even uh, GI Joe and, and and Thundercats, they were all very very easy to follow because you could always tell who the good guys who the bad guys were. Uh, the motivations were always fairly clear, fairly straightforward, if not pedantic. Um, but as you said, the main draw for the Transformers toy line was the fact that you get this car that turns into a robot. You get this, not to put too fine a point on it, you get this Walther PPK that turns into the bad guy leader, which they had to later retcon that out because 
they didn't want little kids running around with a, a fairly realistic looking handgun. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and a completely terrible looking robot. Like the original oh, yeah. one Megatron. Megatron like the robot like trash. Is, like, He's trash. Like, yeah, or it's like, or like the Ratchet and and Ironhide toys, which were like they had like a smiley face inside the the. They didn't even like 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 like, like yeah, it was. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, you could they tell, didn't look the like, same. And like with like the original, like some of the like Diaclone toys and stuff, they were meant to be piloted. So there's like ones that still like have a place like where there should have been like a little pilot guy put in there. You know, like there's like seats inside Optimus Prime where you mm-hmm. could like you could, you could like. Sit, yeah, like put the little, little spike. Yeah, well, they never put a spike because that was not in the original toy, right? Because the, the the toys were like two separate toy lines. This yeah. is why you have like two different, like you have cars and trucks and airplanes and stuff, and you have like cassette tapes and recorders, and they're the same size and all that stuff. So it's the, just like, yeah. The funny thing is the tape recorders and and like the real like the the ones that transformed into like the camera reflector, the one who turned into the camera. Or the tape special recorder. order, you can just buy him right. in the store, right? Yeah. Or, 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 uh, uh, what's his name? Perceptor turned into the microscope. Uh, oh, I love the, I love the ones that turned into like personal implementation. I really like that. And, and I mean, I guess you can even count Megatron's uh, Walter VPK transformation. He, he was from that line too, yeah, right? right? The Diaclone line, yeah. And yeah, I think so, it was, Di- I think it was Microman or something, Micromaster or something, something micro, Micromaster. Micro- I think you're right. No, I think that's something later. I think that's something for the American thing. There are whole there are whole documentaries and and like YouTube channels dedicated to this crap. So whatever. Oh, yeah. But but um, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, no. It's basically you can tell which line it was because if it was something like you could was transformed into something approximately the same size as that real world version of that object uh, within a factor of a couple, then that was from the one toy line. The other one uh, was if it was a car, truck, or airplane, it was from 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 a different toy line. Right, and then there was, and then there was a random Veritech it thrown in for fun. <laughs> oh, right, the uh, Jetfire. Uh huh. Yeah. Or but Skyfire. I, Skyfire when they had to change his name because they lost the legal rights. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never really differentiated between any of that. Like I said, it was all just one big thing for me. Maybe we had about, no idea. When yeah, I was seven, no. I had no idea. We didn't have the internet to tell us all this shit back then. So, so we had seventy-five episodes of uh, interaction with. Uh, the Autobot and Decepticon crews, uh, Optimus Prime, of course, the the John Wayne uh, knockoff uh, character for the Autobots, and of course Megatron is. I never, I, you know, I don't understand the John Wayne thing. I don't, I don't, I don't see him. I don't see the John Wayne part. Is just because it's, it's kind of in his voice. It's just in his yeah, voice. Maybe, yeah, maybe I've just not watched enough John Wayne. That's entirely possible too. No. Um, so, oh, let me let me ask you another question, Kevin. Sure, sure. Do you remember your first episode of Transformers? Because what are the odds that you caught it, like you know, on the premiere day where you see like the actual like I airing, got right, it. right? It's it was it was afternoon cartoons. You just whatever happened beyond when you first catch it is, is the first one you saw. Well, right, and so, it's not like we had DVDs back then that could bring us in know, or, yeah. or like that's, streaming that's services. Had, that's or... Before I had VCR, even right, I mean, VCRs existed, but I, you, my you get what you get. Like we tell my son all the time, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. So, but do you do you remember the first one you saw? I don't. I, You're an idiot, Starscream. Again, what, what, I do. What was I yours? I have some strong Transformers memories. It's weird. This, I um, picked the right person then. So, so do you? So you remember there was the the big story arc in the first in that first season where they build the space bridge and they're going to pull Cybertron to Earth and right. they do it and it starts screwing everything up and and it's crazy town, right? Right. And there's like it was like three episodes or something like that. Uh, and then there was a follow-up. There was like an epilogue episode, okay, where Starscream is hanging out with the like human scientist guy, right? And they're like trying to find some energy thing or whatever. But it was the one where like uh, Starscream is just pounding around with the like, oh, his name was like Doctor Archon or something like that, you know, because um, he had been helping the. Oh, the, I, the I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like then like he like tried to like hack like they went to Cybertron or something, and he like tried to hack a computer and got like electrocuted, and so he woke up as like mostly a cyborg now, and and Starscream was like you know you know oh your body was damn you know and being kind of snarky about it and stuff, 
Right. Um, and then you never saw that character ever again. It seemed like he was going to be important. And then he was like, you never, that was it. We're not going to see. Or Dr. Arkaville. That was his name. Dr. Arkaville. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And I want to say that he featured actually in the comic books as well. Oh, uh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Dr. Arkaville. I forgot all about that guy. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So I cut like the wrap up episode to like, the, the, <laughs> you know, and that was the first one, but it was like, oh, cool. So that's, oh, Stark's, that's how they, you know, then it's like, oh, this is how you play with the toys. These are the kind of stories you tell, you know. Um, and then, because remember, I had crappy TV. I couldn't watch the show. But then we, about that time is when we moved from Oregon to Washington and different channels. And we barely got like Channel 11. I think it was like KSTW or something is what it was called. I don't know if it's still around. Um, but it was Channel 11. And like at three or three thirty in the afternoon, I was watching afternoon cartoons, and then all of a sudden the Autobot logo and Decepticon logo fly across the screen, and I'm like, oh, I can watch Transformers here, and that, that helped because I was you know missing missing you know my friends and stuff in Oregon, and so yeah, so then I every afternoon, man, Transformers. The episode in question, by the way, if you were curious for your edification for your first episode i I do not know episode titles so countdown to extinction episode uh uh, looks like number 12 of season Mm -hmm. and dr arkaville played by casey Kasem, who was a master of voice work back in the day i may not be able to save the earth but i can stop you from collecting the energy of its destruction Yes. So very, very proud history there. Yeah, I remember. I actually, I had, uh, I, uh, I, I knew Casey Kasem from cartoons, not from radio. Right. Was, Absolutely. Because I was, really, I was uh, so I went and spent one summer with like my aunts and my cousins, uh, like in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And my, my parents, right, super religious. So we didn't listen to like top 40 radio, but they did. And so all of a sudden we're listening to like, you know, top 40, you know, top 40 across the USA, you know. Holy science fiction, Batman. What was that? And all of a sudden I'm hearing uh, Shaggy. Uh, <laughs> like Robin. This, yeah, like DJing the radio. And I'm like, what is What's Shaggy doing on the radio? <laughs> And that's fantastic because a lot of people uh, don't remember that uh, Casey Kasem, of course, beloved radio uh, DJ, uh, is super well-renowned for his uh, voiceover work that he did for just an ungodly amount of cartoons. Uh, A chief among them being, of course, uh, Transformers and Shaggy and Scooby. And I mean, he's got the hell of a pedigree. And he did the voice of Robin. Uh, and Batman and Robin, and the uh, and the Super Friends, the Super Friends, Challenge of the Super Friends, the Challenge of the Super Friends. So, or eighteen different variants of the Super Friends show that was on. <laughs> but yeah, so that was your first episode. That's fantastic. I don't remember mine, but uh, I do remember uh, who was your favorite Transformer, like toy to have. I mean, I was a big fan of Perceptor. Perceptor was a great Transformers toy because he was... He a microscope. He turned into a microscope, which I thought was cool because I was a science, little science geek. Um, still are. But still are. It would only been better if he turned into a telescope. But sometimes, like in the show, he acted like a telescope, so he was fine. He, he could, well, because he's he, a huge-ass microscope. Blaster! Ultramagnus sends orders to contact Optimus Prime on Moonbase 1. But as far as toys went, he had like really the best articulation out of any of the G1 Transformers. Like he, he, he had like elbows that bent and knees that bent in the right direction and stuff. Um, he was, he, he was, he was probably the most articulated of the G1 Transformers that I can think of. Um, and so he was pretty, he was actually just as a toy, it was a pretty solid toy. Um, and he, and the, he had the chest thing because the, the tray of the microscope was in his chest. So he kind of had like the same, you couldn't put tapes and stuff in him, but he kind of had the same like open up chest thing that like Soundwave had going for him or Blaster did sort of. So it was, uh, it was um, pretty good. Uh, he was, yeah. So I think uh, he's probably one of my favorites. I mean, I mean, as far as like characters and stuff, right. You know, I mean, how, how do you not just like adore Optimus Prime, right. You know, he's right. like, He's like, you know, robot space dad, you know. 
Uh, yeah, I, I would have to say if I were to pick a, a favorite of the toys and a favorite of the uh, uh, characters, they'd be different as well. But uh, favorite toy uh, I had growing up was uh, uh, Skywarp. You waste more energy with your mouth. Mm. Skywarp was one of the Seekers, which is these three uh, F-15 jets that... Uh, we're all basically just repaints of each other, but on the show, they're very, very different characters. Mm-hmm. And of course, you got Starscream, Thundercracker, and Skywarp. Uh, Skywarp. They're the main three. The main Skywarp. three, right? Yeah. And, and uh, got, he, like, he was the black and purple one, and I remember that because I really mm-hmm. loved him because of his color scheme. And uh, and then and and then you had like in later episodes in season two, right? They introduced like the three others. So that was like. Dirge, Thrust, Ramjet, Dirge. and Thrust. Thrust, yeah. Dirge, and Ramjet. Right. And uh, I got Ramjet, actually, was the one. And one thing I always noticed is no one ever had more than one, right? You always had... Well, because they're the like, same toy. Right. So it was like... So Hasbro really... They, they, they really missed the boat on this one because every kid I know who had Transformers, everyone had exactly one secret. Be, maybe it'd be a different one. You know, oh, he has Starscream. He has Thundercracker. I disagree, though. Think of it this way. If you look, think of it from Hasbro's perspective, you've got one blank toy that you paint three different ways. You're going to have people that want to have all those toys. They want to have the completionists in them. And you know, maybe not with the kids, but later on, you're going to find the, people. The, I don't, I don't, I, as far as like the toy collectors and stuff, who would be the completionists though. I don't know if they existed yet. Like, was that really? I don't know if in the eighties that was as much as like nowadays. Yeah, because we all grew up on these things, and these are now our stories and our mythology. And now we have disposable income, so it's like when they do, hey, here's a here's a re re issue of like the model of the original Soundwave, and you never were the kid that got Soundwave. You're like, oh, I can finally have Soundwave. So yeah, I'll pop down the fifty bucks for the for the fifteen dollar toy, and and yeah. and not have it sit on my desk, which I proudly do. So. I do as well. And <laughs> and, and in fact, uh, that's funny that you mentioned Soundwave. Soundwave was always the one that I really wanted that I never could find or never did have. Rumble, activate pile drivers, Operation Destruction. Uh, him and Megatron were the two ones that I always wanted that I couldn't have. But Megatron, of course, was harder to find because, first of all, his robot was shitty. We talked about that. It was a really dumb transformation. Didn't look anything like his uh, cartoon counterpart. And then uh, Soundwave was just hard to get because Soundwave was flipping cool. Right. He turned into a he, he, tape deck. He, he did not stay on the shelves. No, he turned into a, a life-size for us tape deck mm-hmm. uh, with ejectable tapes, ejectable cassettes that turned into uh, a panther or a, a couple of different like vulture hawks and uh, rumble and frenzy, which turned into these just even tinier transformers. And he and was everyone had, everyone badass because you yeah. got, the tapes were a lot easier to get. So I had know. laser beak. <laughs> I yeah. had, I had, I had, I actually traded, I think I treated it at some point, got Buzzsaw, which came with Soundwave, because from the kid who had Soundwave, you know, yeah. was trading, I don't know if kids still trade toys, but we were doing that all the time, and sometimes, now, now adults sure, trade toys, right, um, <laughs> uh, uh, on eBay for lots of money, I think in fact, I don't think I've actually ever owned a proper Megatron, like, it's and I'm not even like, I've ever owned. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even saying like, you know, oh, it has to be the gun version, you know, tank version's fine or anything, but like, I don't, I don't think I've ever earned, I had a, I had a shock, I had shockwave, like my, my, my I did my, have shockwave, yes. And the only reason I have shockwave is, is because of my aunt, who was uh, my, the purple aunt, the one who dressed all in purple and lived in a purple house and was like <laughs> on David Letterman because everything she owned was purple. Nice. Um, so I would get purple presents from her as a kid, and she found out I like Transformers. So she found the purple Transformer, the purple Transformer, be, which happened to be Shockwave, which is great because Shockwave was like he was one badass. of the coolest battery-operated sound effects. Yeah, and everything he, else. He, he, and he was he was and he turned into like a like and he was a bigger gun than 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 Megatron because yeah, he, he was a just, cannon. He was just yeah, he was, a giant laser he was, pistol. 
Yeah, he was, but he was, he was definitely, yeah. So he was always usually in command of my Decepticons when I was playing with the toys, right? Well, in, 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 he was like, he was was in command of the Decepticons. So, yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was in the command, Decepticon command hierarchy. So, you know, he was, he was in the basically second of command. He was left in charge of Cybertron Mm -hmm. when uh, Megatron was on Earth doing what Megatron do. Stealing Uh, that Energon, putting it into (laughs) cubes, and then smooshing those cubes down. Yeah, for whatever reason. Uh, but so okay, we've <laughs> we've spent all this time talking about our favorite toys and our favorite episodes and whatnot. And uh, so what I want to do is I want to take a real quick break, and when we come yeah. back, we're going to talk about the trauma, the horror, and the life lessons that come from Transformers, the animated movie. Stick around. The Transformers will return after these messages. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so now we've kind of glossed over a little bit about our particular fandom for uh, the Transformers franchise, the Generation 1 toys, and things of that nature. Uh, I mean, we could literally talk about it for hours because there's just so much into it that, that I personally have invested time-wise, financial-wise. <laughs> Uh, which is all, like Robert said, the benefit of being an adult now in this day and age of uh, of uh, revisiting one's childhood. I can go on eBay and find everything that I didn't have as a kid and then double stock up on it if I'm willing to part with a little bit of that cold art cash. But uh, now we want to talk a bit about the, the where Generation 1 of Transformers kind of lost its innocence. And, and I don't mean to say that in any kind of pedantic way. But uh, by and large, when you watch a cartoon, uh, the stakes aren't really that great. Uh, Because, as we talked about, Transformers was designed to sell toys. Masters of the Universe was designed to sell toys. G.I. Joe was designed to sell toys. They were all put in place as these giant 30-minute commercials to make every 10-year-old go... Oh my God! That one transforms into a tank. I want that one. And and make all six of them transform together into a giant robot. Hey, you shut up. Because we haven't talked about Devastator. We haven't talked about Devastator. How have we not talked about Devastator? Okay, I've got I've got him in the cabinet back there. I got that one that's like (laughs) two and a half. I got the box set for a birthday. It had all of them together. And it's like, oh my God! I don't have to collect them all. I can just put this Devastator together right now. So the I mean these these shows were designed to move units. And that's what brings us to 1986. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. And Transformers, the animated movie. Uh, The summer we all lost our innocence. Nine-year-old Kevin. Cold hard truth about how the universe worked. That's true. Nine-year-old Kevin, nine-year-old Robert. Memento Mori. Memento (laughs) Mori. Here's kind of the basic premise of the movie. For those of y'all who haven't seen a 34-year-old movie, shame on you. But uh, if you're not into it, I had some guy uh, yell at me this morning on Facebook because of spoilers for it. It's like, dude, it's 34 years old. We're well past any kind of hope. You don't... I, I think there has there's a statute of limitation on spoilers. I think it's yeah. about six months after the damn movie's out. Yeah. You can't complain about spoilers because you haven't gotten damn ass off the theater to see it, and certainly not for something that is older than you. Yeah, right. Uh, you don't. You don't. Get to, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Rosebud's by the way a sled. I've never seen that movie, but Rosebud is a sled. Rosebud. Just so you all know. <laughs> damn it! I was getting. I was on my cue for this weekend. Um, yeah, Bates' his mom is already dead. It's Norman Bates the whole time. Oh, don't get me started about Jason Voorhees. Oh, 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 and, and Kaiser Sose. No, it's mm. verbal. <laughs> but anyway, so... Bruce uh, Willis was dead the whole time, guys! <laughs> oh, you're going to get me defunded. What little money I get from this is going to go away now. And raise a Palpatine! <laughs> <laughs> But uh, like we said, these these 
these shows are designed to move units and the the reason that the the animated movie came along is because transformers was doing so well uh as a toy line and so well uh 75 episodes deep we've counted now uh into the first and second seasons of uh the animated series uh and then comes the, the fact of the matter is and this has been proven over time uh, they wanted to clear out the toy line and start fresh. They didn't want to keep making Optimus Prime toys. They didn't want to keep making uh, uh, Ironhide toys. Ironhide, poor Ironhide. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. This movie came around and just obliterated so many characters that we have grown to love and, and come to revere in this show uh, for good and for bad, but it's, you'll see that it's a bit biased. So what I'm going to do now, uh, I'm going to go down the list of Autobot casualties. And Robert, I just want to shot Ironhide in the face, man. How him. cold is that? Just like he was already wounded, and like Megatron just goes up and shoots him in the motherfucking face. Yeah, like, pretty, like pretty cold. Such heroic nonsense. <laughs> Oh okay. my well, we'll start with. Well, I was going to say, uh, you give me, you weigh in on your. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the deceased, and you tell me how you feel. Okay. But you've already. I guess we'll start with Ironhide. Out like a punk. Out like a punk. Uh, and then, of course, with him died uh, Ratchet, his uh, transforming uh, repaint clone. To be fair, the toys were shit, so that's okay. The toys were kind of shit, <laughs> but uh, Brawn. Which I you know. said was your first I toy. I guess he was like, I was like, that's funny. Like, I, I was like, killed me, man. Yeah. Uh, Huffer, also, same scene. Yeah, that's okay. Fine. That's... Didn't really care for Huffer. Yeah. Now, here's the first one that I, uh, Wheeljack. Uh, oh, they, didn't, right. they didn't even show him die. He was like the lead scientist for the Autobots on Earth. They didn't even show him die on screen. He's just a corpse that they step over when trying to seal off Autobot City. Which, I mean, they sold his ass short, in my opinion. They didn't do. Uh, uh, Ratchet, we talked about. Uh, Trax, who was just one of the little uh, $5 Transformers. Nobody really yeah. gave a shit. Yeah. Oh, Trax, Trax, yeah. Trax. I'm thinking, what's the other one? What's the Blue Corvette then? Hold on, we'll get to him. Uh, Sideswipe and Sunstreaker both lost their lives during the Battle of Autobot City. Uh, Prowl. Prowl was uh, particularly uh, visceral as, as shown on, on, the, on the screen because, I mean, you see these guys take laser shots. You see these guys take uh, damage and abuse and be fine. But they showed him uh, getting shot by Megatron, actually transformed into a gun held by, I want to say it was Starscream, uh, shot by Megatron. And the bullet passes through him. The, the laser blast passes through him. And you see his eyes and his mouth light up. Oh yeah! As he's like melting from the inside. Yeah. yeah. So very, very dirty. Very, very. Yeah. Uh, in your face. Uh, Blue Streak and Red Alert both died on on planet. Uh, Hound and Hound died on planet. Hound was one of my favorites because he was a jeep, mm -hmm. the military jeep. I really loved him. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, Gears, which fuck Gears, I, I hate that guy. Uh, he was on one of the planets that Unicron devoured. Uh, and so I, I don't care. He can die. I don't care. Yeah. That guy was a dick. Uh, Wind Charger, Grapple. Thank, God, thank goodness for Wind Charger, man. Wind Charger was like, I didn't like Wind Charger. He was kind of he did, he needed, vain. He needed to die. He needed and, to die. Him and Sunstreak are both are just a bit vain yeah. for my taste. Yeah. And then there's the big two. Optimus Prime uh, dies as a result of his wounds in his battle with Megatron. Prime, you can't die. Do not grieve. Soon I shall be one with the Matrix. And, and to be fair, like in like half of the episodes of Transformers, Megatron and Optimus Prime have a fist fight. So this was like this was like you know, oh yeah, okay, they're gonna have their fight now. 
and it's going to be a draw or something. No, no. No, like, they like, both get yeah. jacked up. They both get jacked up, but, but... but we'll come to Megatron here in a minute. I still function, Starscream. But, right. Um, and then, of course, Ultra Magnus also dies. Ultra Magnus being the uh, the heir apparent to the uh, to the uh, Allspark or the the Matrix of Leadership uh, uh, was not during the Battle of Autobot City. He died on the planet of Junk, blasted by Galvatron, who then steals the Matrix of Leadership from him. Now, what separates Optimus Prime and what separates Ultra Magnus is Optimus Prime was brought back in season three of Transformers uh, through some kind of show contrivance, contri- uh, plot hole bullshit. Uh, Ultra twice. Magnus, yeah, twice. twice. And Ultra Magnus is brought back. He's, he's not even dead for like half an hour. He gets brought yeah, back no, by the, the Junkions. Just, just put him back together. And Which I like, didn't know you could do that. So, so, and that's a good point, right? Is like, okay, so, so Ultra Magnus gets blown apart, gets beat, you know, gets, or gets torn apart or something. And then all no, it's, of a, it's a blast from Galvatron. Is it a blast from Galvatron? Okay. And he freaking so, explodes, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so, and then on the, on the junkyards can just put him back together. Like, where, where do it's they like, just find his spark like, somehow? I don't can't know. Can't you? Can't you do that? Like, why did you not? If Transformers can be blown apart and just put back together, why go <laughs> fix Ironhide? Damn! <laughs> it's like, is it too late? Is he? You know, he's. I mean, can you get? Do they just don't make parts for him anymore? You know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. He's just made with hard to find parts. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, we don't we don't we don't make we don't make that matrix calibrator anymore. Oh, too bad, Ironhide. It's got to be some Sorry. reason. Uh, and then of course that leads us to the Decepticons. Now the Decepticons suffered a decent number of of battlefield casualties as well, but theirs were handled extraordinarily differently. And we're going to go down the list here. We had Skywarp and Thundercracker, who were two of my very favorites, uh, were not killed. They were transformed by Unicron into mm-hmm. Cyclonus and Scourge, who were his two lieutenants, Galvatron's two lieutenants. Uh, and then Starscream, the third seeker, again, they're trying to clear out the toy line. So they're all three of the original seekers are gone now. Starscream had the, the brass cojones to try and take the throne from Megatron uh and is blasted out of existence to dust uh by galvatron who disrupts my coronation and of course now, now, to, to to be fair right before that the whole reason like megatron came across unicron and got reformatted in the first place and also started instead of being voiced by frank welker was voiced by better Nimoy for some reason is uh because uh, there's a movie they could they could afford to pay a, <laughs> a bigger budget yeah yeah, yeah. Not like he was doing anything in the mid '80s, anyway. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't busy in '86 or anything. I mean, not, not, no whales or something. But anyway, so like he just like got dumped out into space, right? So, so, so Starscream not only has he had it coming for like you know the whole couple seasons of Transformers that we've seen so far, but he also like uh, you know he had just dumped Megatron in space, <laughs> and then you know <laughs> I still function. Yeah, that's great. Bye. Wait, I still function. Wanna bet? Yeah, yeah. We have to dump weight. But 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 just just let's not let's not go on just like that like the, the kill count here though, Kevin. Let's think about what we saw. Like 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 because it's not just that they killed Optimus Prime, right? It wasn't like oh he got shot by Megatron. Oh, I'm dead. No no he there's like a ten minute sequence of his deathbed. Right, like, where spark fades not, and it's not yeah, it's like it's like it's like here we are, we've got he's beat up and they 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 animate him like all these all this damage and things sparking and goo coming out of him, you know. And right. then he's he's on his deathbed and he's like continue the fight until all are one. And then we find out about this Matrix of Leadership thing that's never, ever been mentioned before. Seems right. pretty important. Also, Plot contrivance. Yep, he passes it on to, to, and we see, and there's that moment, right, where he drops it and Hot Rod catches it and it flashes for a second. And it's like, oh, you know, but then he gives it to Ultra Magnus and Ultra Magnus takes it and nothing really in that, you know, really happens. 
and then you go into the rest of the movie, and then he turns like gray as his as he like burns out and his spark goes out, and he like like has his like very long dramatic death. And I'm nine years old watching this, going, "Optimus Prime is dead." What? Yeah, it is. It left scars. I just got shot in the face. Like Optimus Prime can die, I can die too. Anyone yeah. could die. Optimus Prime, Ironhide, my dad, who was watching it with me, mom. It was just me, and my dad. Right? You know, it's just like, oh my god, you like somehow Hasbro decided that you know what we need to do. This entire generation needs to confront their own mortality. Let's kill <laughs> off Optimus Prime. Now, I was just thinking about this as you were talking about Ultra Magnus. Now, let's think about this. Ultra Magnus, the toy, is a white Optimus Prime with a different right. trailer that right. like you add on and he gets different. He, transform him in with the trailer like an exoskeleton like an exoskeleton but it's it's a white optimus prime underneath it looks exactly like the same head and it's the same it's toy white. it's a repaint it's, a, it's the same toy it's just a repaint you know if you think about it for just one second you could have made a storyline where you know oh let's upgrade optimus prime to and ultra so then, magnus you have the Ultra Magnus version of Optimus Prime, and then you know we can still sell the new toys Optimus Prime, which everybody loves, without traumatizing the entire goddamn generation. Well, and I see, and 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 they took the time to make sure that all of the Decepticon dead seemed to not be killed, but to be recycled most of the time into new toys, right. new characters. Right. It's like you Megatron, but you were Megatron just a second ago. I saw you get reboot, like rebooted by Unicron, right? You know. So you don't have to grieve because he's still yeah. kind of there if he's your friend, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you but he's different. Are, yeah. But that the, the relationship between like Megatron and Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime is your hero. Megatron is the villain, so if he dies, he gets what he deserves. And you right. know, we'd seen like you know, you know. Darth Vader, you know, we thought like we didn't know what death was, right? But I think really, like, I, I this honestly, movie kind of went above and beyond with it, though. It's like we don't just it, it, get to see Optimus Prime die. We don't we're gonna just all get your friends. To, we're just murdering all, all your friends. All, all your, your friends. Your everybody friends. you love is gonna die. But um, everybody yeah, you but, hate like, will live forever. I mean, but think of like the kind of like the sh- shows and movies and stuff we were watching. It's very rare that the, the hero would die, right? Right. Um, and so I, I think that was, you know, and I just had that. Just, I just had an episode recently where we talked about plot, plot armor, and script immunity, and character mm-hmm. shield, and and most of these characters up to this point had had it because they were they were selling toys. They were very popular. You weren't we're going to kill you know, Ironhide in the middle of a just a random episode in season two. So we all thought we grow up with this idea that these characters will persist. These characters will keep going. And this movie just wholesale slaughters all of these. Like I got a list of like 20 something characters here that just got cat. And, and that's hard for a kid to deal with. And I know we were making kind of a joke about the whole damn thing, but it's it hard. Little, I, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I am, I am mugging up, right? It's not, I don't think I was, Severely psychologically damaged by watching Transformers at movie in '86, but right. it was like kind of like uh, you know it was. I mean, it's a visceral memory, right? It is a, it is a you know it was like one of the first confrontations you have, or like I think our generation had with, with like, sheer death, mortality, with, yeah, with, with mortality, with like anybody can die, right? It's like because um, I'm trying to think of like any other like movie or something that would have been part of like the you know. The, the eight year old eight to ten year old zeitgeist at the time. I mean, even um, ET lived. ET right, got yeah. to live. Uh, I mean, I got very few. Um, Who framed Roger Rabbit? Kind of did the same thing too, uh, with uh, the the playing on mortality and things like that. With uh, Judge Doom and the Dip. Then I'll try him, convict him, and execute him. Oh, you you kill a cartoon. Yeah, when you kill a tomb with the dip, that he's gone yeah. forever. Yeah. But so, really, I mean, there's really no... I mean, and I looked. I looked for a good example of a movie that was appropriate, quote-unquote appropriate, for like 12 and under back in the day, which is kind of the the wheelhouse of the Transformers. Well, Hasbro just had it out for people because they killed Duke in the G.I. Joe movie, or so I've heard because I've never seen it. Right? I wasn't into no, the G.I. Joe as much. Yeah, because they that, wanted to bring on Flint as the guy in GI yeah. Joe, and, and I mean, it seems better anyway. I like Flint better, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, so that seats, but I don't remember them doing that with uh, with uh, Masters of the Universe. I don't think they did that with Masters of the Universe. They just kept making interesting and more funkier characters, and maybe they'd get less screen time, but they would never really die. They'd always kind of be there in the background. Yeah. And maybe that's because they didn't have an animated He-Man movie back then. Well, it's also, well, well, that, I mean, well, that was the thing too. They, I mean, they couldn't kill characters off. In the, I mean, there was, even though the eighties was the massive deregulation of what you know what you could show on children's television and the era of the thirty-minute commercial uh, that lasted for several seasons, um, they they still couldn't like just like straight up murder people on cartoon shows on Saturday morning. Right, right. So, and and that carries over to things like uh, Power Rangers and, and things yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, you're not going to see... Probably shouldn't. You know, Saturday morning should not be where you're confronting mortality. But man, all bets are off when it was in the movie. It's like, right. Yeah, but the, yeah, yeah this is Murder Optimus Prime in front of your face. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, kids. We're going to blow Ironhide's face off with Megatron's <laughs> massive blaster on his arm. But yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I was just and, waiting for like the, the, the chief executive of Hasbro coming like, we're coming for your parents next, kids. You know, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? But I mean, and like I said, we, we poke fun and we and we joke a lot about it. But really, I mean, that really was kind of unless you let a super tragic childhood, that is gonna be uh kind of your first involvement with the idea that there's an end to things that things go away and don't come back. And, and uh, we didn't even get that with star Wars because even in star Wars, for God's sakes, return of the Jedi, Anakin dies, Darth Vader dies, but he comes back. Obi-Wan dies, but he comes back. Yoda dies, but he comes back. All of these characters come back in one way, shape or form, but not in this movie. In this movie, it's like not, He's scrap metal kid. Send him to Junkion's planet, you know? Yeah, except for Ultra Magnus. He gets pulled except for Ultra Magnus, apart. because he's He gets new. rebuilt. Like, because oh, okay, new. nope. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this whole movie was designed to kind of pass the torch to the next generation of toys. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say characters, because, I mean, Transformers are Transformers. It's going to be what it's going to be. But uh, this was designed to clear out the, the stores of the original toys and bring on a massive new wave of new toys. Uh, and, and so you get your characters like Hot Rod, um, who in this movie also becomes Rodimus Prime, um, which is fantastic. I mean, we're meant to see that. Great name. The young name, has potential. Rodimus. Rodimus. Rodimus Prime. Sounds like a porn name. And oh, it has it's, been a porn name. I'm sure it has. But uh, <laughs> and even though the Decepticons, uh, there were only a few Decepticons that actually perished, perished, uh, they went away as well. Thrust died, uh, Reflector died, Shrapnel died, Starscream died. But then you have Skywarp turns to Cyclonus, Thundercracker turns to Scourge, Bombshell and Kickback, two of the Insecticons are turned into Sweeps. Which are kind of the minions for the they're just more more yeah. scourge. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> like, uh, Shockwave is produced presumed dead. Um they don't really show his fate, but he's never seen after that. Mm-hmm. So he's presumed dead. It's Shockwave. You know he he snuck away to do something nefarious though. Hope so. And then Megatron, of course, is transformed into Galvatron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and I had Galvatron growing up. He was a cool toy too. Uh, but they wanted to bring, yeah. He was, was uh, he, really? he had battery, he had battery operated uh, sound effects and everything too. Just, so. just because a toy has batteries, it doesn't I know. mean it's good. I thought. Ask your mom. Okay. Oh, um. <laughs> oh, 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 you son of a bitch! <laughs> but these, I mean, I get wanting to clear house. I get wanting to broaden the market and make money, make and that's money. what these are for. They're giant commercials. Mm-hmm. But I think they didn't do it with an abundance of care. Uh, they didn't really weigh in the fact that their audience was of a particular age range where this kind of thing could have some broad reaching uh, traumatic effects on them, which is kind of fucked because, you know, just like. Did they talk to a child psychologist when they were I, making this movie? Like, I want to know if they shot this. Their friends? I want to know who they shopped this to. Who did they uh, test screen this with? 
right? Can, can we just murder all of the characters? And that's fine. The kids are not going to cause any. The kids are, are going to be no lasting harm. No, just imagine um, a drought coming to uh, whatever the hell My Little Pony's uh, uh, world is called, and all the horses die. But then we get a new influx of new horses, and all your old favorite horses are dead. Man, there would be such a friggin' outcry. I swear to God, they could. I don't. I don't. I don't did they kill? Did they? Did they kill Fluttershy? I don't, know. I don't think so. I don't think they could get away with this, honestly. If they tried to do something like this again, and even now in the era where we have television, where script immunity is less and less likely, and things like Game of Thrones, where main characters are cacked all the time. Things like that. Uh, I, I don't think even in, in kids' television they could get away with this kind of thing as readily as they did in this movie. And yeah, well, I mean, it's the, but it's the movie, so I mean, it had no regulation, right? It wasn't like it wasn't broadcast the same way, so it was, they could do whatever they wanted. They could have, you know, they could have killed him off much worse. They just had to get past the MPAA, right? <laughs> and as long as I mean, and as long as they didn't like do like sexy robot time, you get you know you can. <laughs> You can get by. You could have Vlad the robot impaler going around, and it would have been. I, I just finished Castlevania, so I got that in my brain. All of this from a PG movie. So uh, we're going to take another quick short break here, and uh, when we come back, we're going to kind of talk about uh, the evolution of Transformers from there on, and uh, how this kind of left a lasting impact on the legacy. So stick around. We'll be right back. The Transformers will return after these messages. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back. So we've kind of discussed the traumatizing bent that Transformers decided to take when they wanted to revamp their toy line. And uh, we kind of discussed, like we joked around a lot about how the emotional damage was done. But I mean, really, when you think about it, it is something that has persisted throughout the legacy of the Transformers saga. And, and they've kind of toyed around with it even now. I mean, if you look into uh, when, G uh, when Michael Bay did his first Transformers movie and everyone was all super stoked on Transformers on the big screen again in live action. And um, one of the five, I think it was like five Autobots that landed on earth was jazz. Uh, who in this cartoon series uh, did actually survive uh, past the right. end of uh, the, uh, the the Autobot City attack and, and the attack on uh, on Unicron, but uh, he was actually rescued. Him, Bumblebee, and Cliffjumper all ended up surviving because I guess they were the cheap toys. Um, but the fact is, is Jazz uh, in Transformers the movie as portrayed by uh, uh, Michael Bay uh, was ripped in half in front of us by Megatron and I guess wasn't he the only one to die in that first movie I want to say uh, of the, of the, Autobots, the Autobots, yeah. yeah. and and they were like oh look Jazz died and moved on that was, yeah, they was even, like, there was no mourning there was no like, yeah, he's dead you now. bastards okay. you know yeah, yeah there's nothing like I would think I would think it was I would think it was like yeah jazz is dead okay you know, yeah, like, I kind of liked him all right cool uh, but even the movies today they seem to have kind of a bit more loosey goosey effect with uh, who they off and who they keep um, but they're not really the toy line generators that uh, the original animated series was. And so I don't think there was really much of a point to clear out a line or anything like that. It was just more for shock value. Uh, and well, yeah, I think I think the the economic. So I think the difference, the main difference between like the live action and Michael Bay movies is those were the product, right? right? Those that was the thing that was going to make the money, right? Is the is the movie and all the toy but, sales are just ancillary profit. For when it comes when it comes to I think well, I mean not completely I think it still is pretty substantial but um, I don't know yeah but like in and of itself that was going to be the main driver so all of that aside it, basically it, it this show uh, meant to sell toys I don't feel had necessarily the right to kind of take on the heady responsibility of introducing children to mortality and death. 
I mean, and, and it catches a lot of flack for that. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't. I enjoyed the new toys. Yeah. I enjoyed the new toy line. Uh, I like, Galvatron. I like, I like Blur. Blur was awesome. What about me, Magnus? What about me? <laughs> I can help. I want to help. What about me? Absolutely, positively, definitely. Nobody can get the job done faster than I can. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Gone by the like Micro Cal- Machines guy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I want to make sure that we talk here in this last little segment just about how epic this soundtrack was. You got the touch! You got the power! I'm going to replace you singing that with the actual song. Yeah, I know. Put them side by side, you find it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> Stan Bush uh, did the touch, of course. That's the big one everyone thinks of when they think of Transformers the movie. Um, you've also got... Uh, Dare to be Stupid. Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al Yankovic, which I think is the first time he appeared in a soundtrack, if I'm not mistaken. With your mouth full, bite, fire feed you. Bite, I'm more than you can do. What can you do? Dare to be stupid. Uh, I may be wrong. I don't know. And then you've got a couple of different songs. You get the Transformers theme redone by a group called Lion. Transformers! Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that's a good. That's Super a good Rocky. And then uh, during the main battle, there's a song called uh, "Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way" by Kick Axe. I, it's 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 like 90 minutes of 80s rock all the oh way it's all hair metal once start to it, top. it's 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 hair metal all the way through and it never stops like it is oh no, it's going, present it's very present it's always going on it's like hair hair metal all the way through from 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 timestamp zero all <laughs> the way like it never stops like the the, the the like people are like characters are just in a room talking about like, oh, what's our next move going to be? And there's, you know, the hair metal thumping synth the whole time, yeah. ninety so, minutes straight. Uh, Dare to be stupid by Weird Al, which takes place on the Junkions planet, uh, which is a planet full of Eric Idle being a smartass robot, which I thought was amazing. Where'd you learn to talk like that? TV. We talk TV. You talk some TV. I talk some TV. And now the news. Don't touch that dial. Oh, George Chemo Sabi's your smashed up friend. Soon like brand new with 90 day warranty. Great Smartest robot. And, the, and, the, and, and just talking in like TV commercials the whole TV time. TV commercials. Like like they kind of like what they did with, uh, with Bumblebee in the new series and the new uh, way they treat Bumblebee. We're only talking through radio clips. Was just the dumbest thing ever, but um, right. yeah, but it was, but it was like, but it wasn't like he was talking through the clips. He was just doing his impression of like, like you know, yo, like no one improved here, you know, like it's just it was like. And the backstory is, is the junkions just watch TV, like they, 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 their culture is just we just watch TV. We are sort of transformers. We're not Autobots. We're not Decepticons. We're some other faction or something. We live in a junkyard. We, live, we, watch we TV. live in a junkyard. We're all rusty, but we're still transformers. And we would just watch Earth television, and our entire culture is just like quoting commercials at each other, like we're the Temerians from Star Trek. And then it's like, it's like, it's like, um, and then, yeah, and so there's just Eric Idle just doing like riffs on like commercials at the time, you know. Yeah. And then actually, what, what's actually really cool about uh, the Transformers continuity is years later in one of the other uh, newer animated series that my son made me watch because he enjoyed it when he was like eight, nine, right Mm -hmm. in that pocket. Uh, They had uh, brought back Rekgar, which was the name of Eric Idle's character. They brought back Rekgar as a character on the show. He was a transforming garbage truck. That makes more sense than a a motorcycle. Right, and when he transformed, he looked kind of like the Eric Idle, the Wrecker, you know what I mean? Uh But it was voiced by... Weird Al Yankovic. I am Rekgar, Rekgar the Autobot. I will protect you. Ah, I see that. Which is a very nice little nod back to this movie. With the soundtrack and with the... Now, the fun thing about this movie as well is we had so many 
stars in this movie. So much star power in this movie because, as we said earlier, they had the budget Orson for Orson Welles. This is Orson Welles' last film credit, and he hated that. They asked him, like, on his deathbed, what he regrets. And I think one of the things he said was that that goddamn robot movie. Underestimate me, Galvatron. For a time, I considered sparing your wretched little planet, Cybertron. But now, you shall witness its dismemberment. And uh, Orson Welles, of course, playing Unicron. Uh, we had uh, Leonard Nimoy stepping in to fill in for Galvatron, which is later voiced by Frank Welker on the cartoon. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, of course, right in the middle of his his Spock days, uh, sounding very authoritative, very, very assertive. I like that. Uh, We have Robert Stack, uh, who you may have heard of from uh, a whole litany of things, but where I came to know him through was uh, Airplane. And then, of course, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. He had the voice of Unsolved Mysteries playing uh, Ultra Magnus. But Judd Nelson did uh, did play in uh, Transformers Animated. He played Hot Rod, Rodimus Prime. And then, of course, the other big ones, uh, we, we still had uh, Casey Kasem playing Cliff Jumper. Uh, but we also had uh, uh, Robert Stack, like we talked about, was from uh, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, among other things. And uh, Airplane was where I'll always know as Captain Rex Kramer. So... But I mean, the star power behind this movie—it was—they had way more than they ever should have had, and and this is the first time they, they really needed it. That's the only time they ever really used it because once they went back to television with season three, it was all replaced by voices like Frank Welker and all these TV voices. It was all, it was all the same voices, right? Right. I'm trying to sound like Megatron again. <laughs> right, but uh, I mean, on top of the the, the stunning star cap power of this cast, the Say what you will about a very epic soundtrack for the songs or for the movie. And then uh, just the sheer volume of world shattering events that take place in this movie in a relatively short period of time. It's only an hour and 20 minutes long. And, and so it's like four episodes long, basically, if you take it by the half hour episode. Uh, so four in the space of four episodes of Transformers, they, pardon the pun, transformed the entire appearance going forward onto uh, Saturday morning TV. Brought in a whole host and a whole raft of new characters and and gave us new people to care about while we grieved the losses of the ones that we did. And I don't know. I think the movie had a very lasting impact on quite a few people. I know it did for me. Um it certainly was one that stood out as different than, than all the rest back in the day. Any last thoughts on Transformers, the animated movie, Robert? Uh, why did we never get a Quintesson toy when we were kids? Like the Quintessons. The judge, the three-headed judge. Five-headed. That's why it was Quintesson. Oh, you're right. The five-headed judge. Sorry. Right, right. I think they make they make one now. I've seen them in the stores now. Yeah, that's, yeah now, well, yeah, that's 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 fine. But like, because then, like, they they when they went into the new season, like they did a big a big thing. Like the Quintessons were like the bad guy, new bad guys somehow, and they had like built the Transformers and stuff. Yeah, the only thing you got close anything close to a Quintesson was they're like Sharkticon, um dude. Who was like the like the um, you know the Sharkticon, which was like the fat piranha weird thing. It wasn't even a shark. They called no. it a Sharkticon. It was just some like weird space monster with teeth. Yeah. Um, but that was a transformer, right? But they right. never actually made like the Quintesson toy. So it was like you couldn't you couldn't you know like I mean it wouldn't have been they didn't transform. They wouldn't have been that fun of a toy. But still. Well, again, like I said, I think a lot of these were just kind of designed to to, to clear the rate, clear the way for new toys and clear the way for uh, new things to happen. But at the same time, uh, they I don't think they really took into effect how much it would truly traumatize uh, children of the 80s. And so uh, this movie, I mean, when I asked about people wanting to participate in this podcast, in this movie or in this discussion about uh, Transformers, the movie. 
uh, I had some very visceral reactions from people talking about, uh, oh yeah, you mean the movie that just destroyed my entire childhood? And it's like, whoa, 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 okay, hold on a minute. But I mean, there are very real, very powerful reactions to what they did. And uh, I think we can't sell that short because that's just, it's, it's too interesting for it something was. to be, that was done just kind of almost seemingly out of hand. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I definitely, I, I mean, again, we're kind of playing it up, but it definitely, you know, had an impact, right? Here we are 34 years later talking about it and going, hey, man, like, <laughs> yeah, that well, was, that was, that was, a, that was a thing. It was, it was, it was not for nothing, you know? And then I was really glad as a kid when they brought him back, you know, it was like, because I, I, I remember because they were advertising like the return of Optimus Prime. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. And then that was right. it. Then, but then he was they the only like, one brought, they brought back. So they brought back Edmund's Prime. And that was like the last episode of like the third season. And then they had like this very like brief fourth season, like five episodes of like the Headmaster. Three episodes, yeah. And that was it. That was it. No more Transformers. And it was done until we got to Beast Wars right. many years later. Uh, Robert, I want to thank you for joining me uh, for yet another wonderful conversation about shit we're nerdy about, uh, and hopefully that some of you are nerdy about. I want to thank all of y'all for listening in again to uh, a rant about uh, the movie that scarred and changed our lives. But uh, thank you for listening to the Feel Your Fandom podcast. And uh, again, if you're looking for where to find us, you can leave us messages. You can drop us a line and let us know what you're into, how this movie changed you. Uh, hit us up at facebook.com forward slash feel your fandom, or you can drop me an email at feel your fandom at gmail.com. Uh, but like I always try to remind everybody that everything is fandom and fandom is everything. Take care. <laughs>